going on y'all this is mike bennett and mike baker coming at you with the next episode of the weekly tech wrap up i think we want x episode 16 now so yeah man i'm excited to be back with you all it's been a little 17. bit of time 17 or oh, 17 up. see no, that's what i was saying yeah i was like i yeah. said i think right we on 17 not 16 it's how long it's been but uh you know <laughs> y'all see i'm in a somewhat of a different setting now and upgrading my life and all that uh but yeah you know what we all you know what we do here. We give y'all honest critique, criticism, whatever you want to call it. You know, we talk talk crazy about the people that's doing crazy in the industry and things we find crazy. And for the people that's just doing something that's constructive, companies that's doing something positive, something good, we find it's beneficial to the people. We, you know, we congratulate them and uh push them to the forefront. So I'm excited to be back with you all. How how you doing over there, Mike? Doing all right, man. Doing all right. Um, I know like, if anybody listening to this, like right now, trying, you know, this week, expecting to hear something about the whole Congress CEO thing, you know, the big tech Congress thing that happened. We it's a lot of news going on about that. So we ain't really going to talk about that. But I mean, it's a whole bunch of other stuff that we're going to talk about that got a lot to deal with tech today. But um, for me, man, I'm I'm doing all right, man. Like I said, I'm thriving and surviving. If y'all wasn't here a couple minutes ago, we had a couple technical audio issues, so this we technically <laughs> re-recording this. Y'all seeing it for the first time, but it's a replay for us. But I'm living, man. I'm thriving and surviving, man. I'm, I'm a okay. Um, you know this whole COVID thing that's going on got the people in mass hysteria. But for me, I'm avoiding the people until I can like vet them. <laughs> I'm vetting people. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing an extra vet like. Beyond just staying six feet six feet away from me, I'm checking to make sure y'all ain't go crazy. Also, yeah, you know I mean, right. so bro, you don't know how many times I didn't got losing it. I, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. People losing it, man. They losing yeah. it out here. Yeah, I was gonna say, man. I didn't got some. Some people didn't gave me the Terrell Davis for being quote unquote too close. I'm like, all right, bro. Like, <laughs> stuff. Y'all wasn't like this with the flu. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was coughing and hawking all over the place, getting my child sick and everything. But it, <laughs> it is what it is, man. We know that it's more of a social than a mental pan, social and mental pandemic than anything else. But right, you know, there's nothing here nor there, man. But we want to jump into the topics, man. So you know, we all we bring you all uh, good topics for you to talk about. What we're going to be discussing? Uh, first things first. Uh, AI robot Erica, I think that's it. Uh, <laughs> It's the name for AI robot. I thought it'd be like Phoebe or something like that, right? But Erica, right? Uh, sound like she's from Baltimore or something. Erica will star <laughs> in seventy million dollar uh, sci-fi movie B. That's first thing. Uh, we got up next. Human rights activists wants to use AI to help prove war crimes in court. Sounds like that's something that's uh, gonna be interesting to dive into. And uh, lastly, says proposed regulations over internet companies could change. Here we go. Free speech online. Mm. So, you know, that's always a juicy topic when we when we debating on taking away people's God given human you know human rights, right? But this is it's all good. We're gonna dive into it, man. So first, so first thing, uh, AI robot Erica. Uh, we'll start. They 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 should uh, put spell that name a little bit differently so they get the the infinite. Because if you, I feel like whenever I hear that, it's like something ethnic about this robot. But it, it, you know, whatever. But uh, AI yeah. robot Erica will start in. I mean, she is, she's a robot. So, have, I mean, you, have, have you ever she met? Like, I mean, based on the picture, based on the picture, she looked Asian. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She's like Asian. I, just the first Asian 
I've ever been like I've never met an Asian Erica. Never Asian Erica. Never. <laughs> never. I, I don't think you ever will. You know, being only too, too many stereotypes, man. You know, uh, Erica stars in seven million dollar uh, sci-fi movie B. So I say robots are likely to replace. And when we talk about in this article, well, it, it makes sense that you know, looking at I think we've covered these these topics before, right? Around uh, AI, but they talk about how. You know, uh, AI and like robots and stuff like that will replace a lot of jobs that pretty much are replaceable by robots in the future. You know, uh, whether it be, I think they went as far as trucking, uh, ride share, um, even to some degree, like convenience stores. I know they still have some things going on with that. But in yeah. this particular instance, they're talking about some of the um, the strife that's around an AI that's taking on more creative, like more, more roles and taking the place of human beings and more of the arts. So uh, I just think it's an interesting dive here. It says um, it was uh, up to Ishiguro and uh, Agawa, Agawa to teach Erica how to act. So, it, it, you know, what I found interesting, uh, we was talking a little bit about this before we started the show, Mike, but I think that it's, it's always uh, murky waters when we get into the idea of robotics or AI trying to interpret human emotion because if it's yeah. purely like fully artificially intelligent i've always found just what through sci-fi movies and different you know schools of thought that it seems that whenever we give something that could potentially have the power to destroy us the opportunity to rationalize our existence it always seems to rationalize that the world may be better without human beings and it may start off with you know something as simple as you know the AI uh, 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 in the acting role. You know we, we we trying to push the push the envelope, right? Uh, trying to test those those barriers of what can we actually do with AI. But it only was a matter of time before we we tested a little bit too much, and then we in and uh, in, in a real not not no COVID times, but a real uh, uh, extension level event that's happening. Uh, man against machine. So that's my take yeah. on it. Uh, what you think, Mike? Um, I mean, I. Yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of problematic just having the idea of uh, robots trying to interact with with emotions or trying to express emotions, trying to be a human. Um, but that's like that's it's kind of a tricky situation. Like the idea of robots in general is kind of just a crazy situation because I remember you know back in the day we used to think that we were going to create robots that drove trucks around for us, and now we're at the point where we're thinking like we'll just make the truck a robot and we don't need, we don't need to create a robot that knows how to drive. We just make the truck a robot itself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we, we cut the middle mat and like, that, <laughs> I mean, like, like now, now what are we going to do with these humanoids? I mean, cause we don't need a, we don't need a robot humanoid driver. So like, like, you know, that, that idea used to be what it was, but now, you know, robotics is changing and it's, we're trying, they're trying to figure out, well, what can they use robots for like humanoid robots for, if they're not going to use them for, you know, driving cars or like, even like, even when they talk about uh, using robotics for like stocking shelves and stuff like that, they just, they just create a robotic sh uh, shelf stocker. They don't create a, a humanoid robot and right, then right. teach that humanoid robot how to stock shelves. Stock, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> it's, that's, that's kind of defeating the purpose. Like that's, that's an extra step that's not needed. It's sort of like, it, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's redundant. So like if they going to create robots, humanoid robots, what are they going to create them for? I, I mean, most of the time that, you know, they use robotics 
like humanoids now. You know, remember them old crash dummies? Mm-hmm. Um, the the test dummies that they used to have in the 80s commercials. Yeah. I mean, making sure we <laughs> making sure we buckle our seatbelt. Like now, those those are like humanoid, those are like robots now where they got sensors and all that stuff in them to make sure when they do a crash test, you know, they see what injuries happen and occur and how the arms and limbs move around and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, they got that stuff associated with it. Trying to use it in a movie like this, um, I I don't I don't know. Because I had to see what the context is, because for real, for real, a lot like like what was that movie that came out a couple of weeks ago with uh Robert De Niro, y'all? Yeah? Um uh on on it was on uh on Netflix. It's like a it's a Martin Scorsese film. Yeah, I mean he in there. I'm um, I ain't been on it for a minute. Yeah, I mean, it's a Netflix film where where they have Robert De Niro and like, you know, Robert De Niro like 80 years old or something. But like they have him playing as if he like 40 or 30, like 30, 40-ish. <laughs> I mean, so and they use a lot of artificial CG on his face and stuff to make him look younger and feel younger and seem younger. I could see them putting a robot sitting somewhere and you know put the overlay over them. i mean it's a human uh a cgi overlay of the person on their face and stuff like that but actually just having it be a robot itself just doing that it doesn't make sense mm. to just do that but i mean i see the only thing i see is recent from him is the the irishman the irishman that was it that was it it was an older it was an older style movie but you know they had robert de niro trying to play a 40 year old I mean, oh, okay. and, and the only way they could do that was putting all this CG on his face. I mean, and you know, you know, all that, you know, that face app stuff that, you know, the face swap yeah. stuff that they be doing nowadays with, uh, you know, the deep fakes and all of that. They essentially deep faked them into a younger person. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I could see them using robotics as a deep fake. I mean, like using wow. a robot and putting somebody's face on top of that robot. That makes I mean, sense. So I don't need Denzel here. I got the Denzel robot. I mean, and I put his face <laughs> on it. I put I use CG and a robot to put his face on it. You know, like um, it's a show called The Mandalorian. That's all used. Uh, it's all oh, created in uh, UE. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all used created uh, the Unreal Engine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, like all the special oh, effects yeah. and all of that is used Unreal Engine, and like they show like demos of how that they do the Unreal Engine in real time. Like they move the camera in real time, and in the camera. It look like they're in a virtual world. Yeah, I mean, but when you look up in real life, you don't see nothing. But you look back in that camera, it's a hologram, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so like they 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 got all these like combining it with CG. I can see that, but trying to make a, a humanoid robot, I don't I don't get that purpose per se. And I mean, at the same time, like emotions are fickle things, man. Like you can yeah. get emotion out of a puppet. Yeah, I mean, like right. you can <laughs> you hand you do a hand puppet the right way. You'd be like, hmm? yeah, I mean, you get you give yeah, it body <laughs> language. You give it body language and be like, oh, we interpret. Are you, are you angry with me? Yeah, with, I mean, like, <laughs> you know, but that see, that's the thing, though. Like, see, with with emotion and how it can, when you when we're talking about emotions, we can look at someone do a gesture or a face or a certain sound, and mm-hmm. we pick up different things about it, and that's what makes us human. Is that we're able to derive different perspectives that's original to us. Whereas I feel like if it's an AI, like I always think of AI eventually becoming all-knowing, right? So when we talk about AI and trying to interpret emotions, they probably will 
pick up based off of what the, what it sees what could potentially be the emotion but again because of just the human experience emotion is something that's it's like a it's like a different type of sense you know what i mean like a seventh like a six or seven sense that we have of being able to interpret like emotions i forgot what it's actually called yeah i mean and most of that is i mean if you break it down in mathematical terms man it's, it's pattern recognition like we 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 base a lot of it on pattern recognition like you 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 have an ex- instinctual thing that you do but as you grow you start seeing how society does things and you adapt to how society does things i mean when you're a kid you scrape your toe your leg or some shit and you start crying but then you see how people d- react to it as you get older and you know how they react to you next thing you know when you like 20 you scrap your leg you don't cry you just sort of you, you lick the blood and keep going lick i mean <laughs> i mean like i got you like like is is it's kind of it's got a reactionary like how do you deal with certain emotions and like i couldn't see because i mean they I, I, don't, I don't get the idea of people trying to create robotic robots to act like humans we're gonna always know that they robots like everything in our everything that they attempt to try to do we're gonna always look at them and be like you're a robot but well, i don't see but they can I, have I they can have this they can have their body language it'll be like a body language of a robot i mean they may have their own emotions that they express but we as humans will always have a look at him and be like yeah bro I, I don't i don't i don't think you you don't you're not human like i haven't seen any type of technology that can make good skin i mean that like <laughs> like not unless you regrowing your own skin and you know biology and stuff like that but i've never seen no product that you can buy for a couple thousand dollars that shit is like million dollar <laughs> surgery like, <laughs> I mean, like ain't nobody buying ain't no, i don't see it being that easy like for that to happen on a regular mass scale, it's going to be like another hundred years. We got to fuse technology with biology where we making humanoids while for like, yeah, I mean, we're making cybernetics, like, like what, what do you call it? Uh, bionics. Yeah, I mean, where yeah, we're bi- mixing, yeah. where we mixing, where we mixing biology and, and ro- robotics into one. And at that point, then it'd be scary. But this right here, I unless it's like that movie Mannequin that came out in the eighties where like Mannequin. <laughs> I mean, like, Classic. I, I, where you just that's you basically you you know it's a robot, but this robot seems to be very interesting. Yeah, I mean like, yeah. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the yeah, type of shit I can see. I mean, I, I know that see my I think why I'm I'm gonna honestly disagree with you, Mike, is that I'm looking at just you know, the, just having a little bit of foresight here and looking at what we're doing now, we can see people can easily be, um, you know, deceived by fake emotions. Like someone can yeah. put on, and in fact, we we experience this like if we're watching a movie where someone's very good at acting, and it, it could be a mixture. Of, I mean, I, I don't I don't know like all of like everything about it, but you know, we can look at certain things and get feel emotions from. You know, just looking at something on a TV screen. So, if you're talking about AI being able to pick up and interpret that, you never know. You get to a point where, because of how they can have, you know, like you say, it's all math and math. How they calculate how the human mind uh, perceives different, you know, patterns. They could put on that. You see what I'm saying? To be try to pull something up, but you wouldn't really even. I, so I, I don't know, man. It's a combination of me, you know, looking at all these uh, these anime series and. You know, these movies where um, it seems like robotics, like robots 
somehow gained the awareness of knowing how to manipulate human beings. Yeah. And so I mean, when I'm, we, we go into the creative arts, it's like, you know, we kind of a little bit ahead of the, you know, getting, a, getting ahead of where we should probably be when we're trying to, because again, it's AI. And although we'll be able to interpret, you know, like we'll be able to see that it's AI, but you never know. And like, if it could be a hundred years, it could be less than that where you have things walking around and you don't even know it's a robot. I think it's in, in on another point. I feel like, it gives credence to like that uh, that anime uh, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, that's what uh, I was about to say. Like, I, yeah. I watch I watch my fair share of Ghost in the Shell, and I mean mm-hmm. the the amount of work that it take. Yeah, it's we ain't even we we still fighting COVID. Yeah, <laughs> we, we ain't even we ain't right, on the level. We ain't on that level yet. Like as a as a like we would have to start uniting as a society as a world. Yeah, I mean where it's like humans against machines. We can't even deal with state to state controversy. There's a lot of issues that we got to get past before we can probably adapt to that point. I mean, I can, I can see it growing to that point. I don't, I don't say that it's not capable. Mm. I don't think it's happening now, but for this, this will be a good buddy, a buddy movie. This should be a good buddy movie. I mean, like that movie, her, yo, what was that joint with, uh, I mean, uh, what was the dude that played the joke? I don't need Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, he, um, he basically talked to his cell phone for like two hours. It was basically a movie of him having a relationship with Surrey. I mean, and like, and people felt it. people loved that movie and people felt emotions off of it. I mean, and I mean, it, it, you, you, he, he had emotions off of just talking to this artificial intelligence. I mean, it was way smarter than Surrey. I mean, it had a better, it had a better voice than Sir. You had like, what's that girl's Scarlett Johansson voice? I mean, but like, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, it, it's, it's based off of that. So like, I mean, emotions are crazy things. People find emotions in anything. You can find emotion in anything. It's a matter of, it's a matter of it being considered human. I don't, I don't consider it human. I would never. It would be a couple hundred years before I would consider it human, but I can see it being emotional. Wow, I mean, I mean it'd, be it's a, it'd be a robotic, but it'd be motion. It's it's the, I think it's perceived like again, I uh, and as this may be, I don't know, I just I would call it perceived emotion. Like, to, I think we have true emotion and perceived emotion, but I mean, it's up to it's up to the bell. I mean, we'll see what happens when the movie comes out, but yeah. um, let's move on to the next topic, man. Uh, human rights activists wants to use AI to help pr- prove war crimes in Yemen, uh, oh, war crimes in court. So What's going on is that um, I'll read the first line. It says, in 2015, uh, alarmed by an escalating civil war in Yemen, Saudi Arabia, led an air campaign against the country to defeat what is deemed a threatening rise of uh, Shia power. So what's going on is, and um, pretty much when we go, th- if you were to go through the article, you see they talk about it, but it's this idea of being able to uh, validate the claim that these uh, war crimes are actually happening. There's all different types of footage and things being provided, like uh, a documentation footage being provided that it would take thousands, tens of thousands of hours to scour through. But what they said is that by having AI go through this, um, it would lessen that. Of course, like you know, what I, I don't know all the mathematical equation, but they say pretty much it would dwindle that tens of thousands of hours down to just uh, a couple of uh, in almost instantaneously, like a couple of uh, minutes or so, and I think in this instance, yeah, I think this is definitely um, you know something that would be beneficial because 
if you think about it, I guess looking at it outside of the realms of using AI to help with uh like with uh, solving crimes and stuff like that. If just a regular detective and scouring through evidence and collecting that stuff for just a regular case, let's say it was like a murder that happened, uh, sometimes these trials go on uh, over over like you know several years. You see what I'm saying? And because there's so much information or data points that's either being created uh, that or maybe coming up that may be true or it may be false, but having to collect all these things in an ongoing way uh, is what prolongs trials. It sometimes brings people to you know, the wrong conclusion of what may have gone on. So using AI to actually assist in that effort of being able to, you know, codify, you know, what's what when it comes to uh, crime that's involved, I think that's actually a beneficial way. And I think it's, in a way, it's limited AI, I would say, because it's, of course, I, I don't think it's, it's, it's not humanoid where it's finding some way to take over something, but just being able to be able to look at, thousands of footage, thousands of pictures, and then pick up on different patterns that, uh, and, and then I guess we give it, it, it collect, we given it initial instruction and developing instructions over the course of time to determine what's actually going on is a, a beneficial use of AI. So what you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this, this one, I know this use case right here, it looks, it looks pretty interesting to be able to, I mean, you know, when, whenever there are crimes or, you know, war crimes, whenever there's wars that are happening and that there's battles, there are also like a, a percentage. There's all like part of the military. You know, you got the assault, you got supplies, you got, you know, ammunitions, you know, different different yeah. divisions. But you also have like a, a documentation division. Yeah, I mean, you, there's also soldiers that are out there that their whole sole purpose is really to document the situation that's happening. Yeah. I mean, so like they have people right, that, you know, they'll have journalists. I'm always trying to interest them, by the way. My bad, I didn't want to cut, but it's like you yeah. have people that's on the ground during wars, like filming what's going on. That's wild. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you also have civilians that are just out there, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, for, for civilians for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, that's your homeland or you're, you know, one of those adventure civilians that try to go out <laughs> to find a war. Like those are the weirdos, the people that try to go find a war. But um, <laughs> like, yeah, like they'll, you know, they'll document that stuff that's happening that's out there. And, and uh, you know, with that footage, yeah, it could take forever to figure out what certain munitions are and what they were talking about. And in this case is like when they are using particular like art artillery, like this cluster mine that they were talking about here is like a cluster munition. It looked like a like a like a like a basketball basically it's like a green <laughs> a green ball that has like you uh, know yeah, explosives yeah. inside of it and like when that explodes the damage that it causes you know it's, it's great but at the same time it still leaves evidence yeah, i mean the shell mm -hmm. itself yeah. and they they're being able to use that ai to identify what the shell actually looks like versus all the other rubble and stuff that's around it like that that at least helps them out because you know they are you know weapons are created and those are registered so like they they are <laughs> i mean whenever they create these clusters they got a, a inventory listing of how many of who created these clusters how many cluster mines they created and you know what what country they came from type thing mm -hmm. so like if you're able to identify whether where these bombs came from where they were sold to if some country said that they lost 10,000 bombs and then another company country happens to die because 
they these bombs were used we get to say well these bombs came from you bro yeah. um and 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 we get to identify that but yeah because it takes so much time to actually look through all that footage particularly like video because nowadays it's all video footage instead of cameras so it's like 60 frames a second 30 frames a second that's 30 pictures a second type thing mm. and um being able to look through all that footage using AI makes it a lot easier. Like they said, cutting days and weeks into hours for real. Um, and getting that actually up there. I mean, they still got to go through all the work to do like, you know, legal process and due process and all of that stuff. But at least it makes it a little bit quicker for them to get the evidence right there. Hmm. I've always found that that just, you know, that that's it's, it's interesting, man, because you know, it, when it comes to so just war in itself, it just is such a uh, such a calamity that happens, man. It leaves a lot of not just the people, but the economies in bad shape. But being able to mm-hmm. uh, get down to the bottom of what's going on, determining when attacks are happening, who is doing it, and stuff, it you you find that it provides more clarity on what's actually going on. Because a lot of times, and I think it's happening in history before where <clears> people have been attacked certain uh, areas have been attacked and because there was no clear definition of where the attack came from people was either able to continuously attack or to get away with certain things that right. uh, definitely would be um you know would be brought to a halt a streaking halt if the source of where it came from uh was 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 known and and and, and you know we, we have cases of where based off how things are perceived i have a friend that's in the army uh he was a, was it uh, i think it was the navy something about uh, I think it was yeah, I think it was a navy, and it was this thing going on where uh, people don't even know about this. I don't even know shit. I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this, but he told me that uh, uh, Russia was on the border several times throughout like this past decade. People didn't even know yeah. the war was about to start. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So having AI have you know put, and, and, you know and deploying AI to be able to pick up on certain things either before it's happened or while it's happening to mitigate how much damage happens in war and being able to uh, provide clarity on where, I guess, even while in war, where to attack is is a uh, something that proves beneficial to those who are trying to just preserve as much damage and preserve lives as much as possible. So, yeah, I think the the issue usually comes in with AI when they um when they choose the wrong patterns. Like like you can put AI on particular patterns to find certain things, but putting AI on like straight up war logistics and like saying like, we're going to use AI to figure out who the next criminal is. And <laughs> like, like we're going to, we're going to throw in a little bit of data and we're going to say, Oh, this guy's the one that did it because he lived here and here at this time point, because the AI told us, I mean, and like, that's that background is upbringing. And this is what's probably going to happen. Yeah. And, and like, that's that, <laughs> no, that like that stuff isn't enough information to ever really use AI on. And that's what people kind of be scared of is that like, we're going to start using AI to start creating, you know, managing rule and law and order. And like that stuff, that, that, I mean, we still have to have a human intervention for the use of AI, but that, you know, AI has its sole purpose for things that are mundane that cause, you know, for tedious tasks that take hours that can slow down something. If there's something that we can put a machine on, that's, that's the moment to put a machine on it and yeah. let it do that job. And then things like this is, is a good moment where trying to identify who the next criminal is and trying to say, we're going to use AI to start handing out sentences. Like, yeah, that, that, that gotta be dead. Bro, all it, got, all it takes <laughs> is feeding it a whole bunch of data about, uh, 
black on black crime. Oh man. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, everybody going to jail. <laughs> like, like, based on our records, I mean our pristine, non non-biased records that we put into this AI. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, you're a criminal, sir. We gotta get you because it, it's but you know, we can definitely determine that you've been grand- plotting yeah. on shooting the president. And your, grand, like, your grandson will probably be a criminal. So to stop this, we're going like, to apprehend you. <laughs> just because I don't like that motherfucker don't mean no. that I no, <laughs> right. going to assassinate. Right. Damn. <laughs> 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 but, uh, <laughs> all right. As well. As well. Shoot. That's kind of already. We had to go with the whole thing going with. Um, what was it happening when he, um, we, we did that. We did that story, man, about. Uh, the AI kept did not know how to uh, read black people's faces or something like that. So it was yeah, it was wild. You gotta go back to the, listen to the shows, man. We did that one of the previous shows. But listen, to <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you can't see our face, man, it's just no point in actually yeah, having right. real, real, real situations. Right. Anything that has to do with law regulations, nah, nah. Keep it over there. Right. But um. Let's jump into this last topic, man. Our proposed regulations over internet companies could change free speech online. So uh, for those who don't know, there's been a long standing history of the government trying to put put uh, extensive and restrictive rules and regulations on just the internet, right? Not even just so, like social media sites, not even just like personal blog sites, anything like just put restrictions on the internet itself. And um, it seems that that, that, that has uh, researched this, this push of reevaluating you know what's going on on the internet, and and they say in this instance, uh, seeing what could possibly what what could possibly be done, and the effects of that would be uh, affecting free speech. Uh, here in the um, first line, it says Trump administration is calling for reexamination of Section 230 of Communication Decency Act of '96, because the act was originally meant to curb pornography, of course, and illicit materials posted online. But except for uh, Section 2013, it was found to violate the First Amendment. So, I, I think that mm-hmm. like so, keeping a, a, a hundred and the EMA, This is this is a podcast. It's, we, we, it's not a political podcast at all, right? Um, as far as the whole pornography thing and illicit, I mean, that's just something in itself that it seems very, you know, the the government seems to always pick and choose when it comes to sexuality and sexual activity. Uh, what's the right and wrong thing? I mean, I, I think we all can agree to that when it comes to, uh, hopefully we can all agree to when it comes to like child pornography or the like, you know, ped- pedophilia. Yeah, of course, that's, that's an absolute that's a, no. Yeah, that's you know a big mean? no. But when it comes to just, you know, services being provided between two working adults, you know, on one end, it's it's illegal to do that on the street, but it's okay to have it posted everywhere online, right? And and so I've always found it in, in that instance, it's it's it's, it's very difficult to uh, determine like what's, what what decency is or what is not not robbing people of their rights. But I think when we get into the the space of of speech, just just the uh, freedom to speak, uh, that's just something that um, it becomes very. Uh, what's the word I can use for it? It's it's a um, it's a, it's a sensitive situation because. Again, that's that's just a part of, like we say here, it's a, it's a first our First Amendment to be able to say what we want to say, and I know that even now they don't want to call it that, but there is um, there are certain laws that sometimes seem to um, 
disregard that. You know, I think I, I, it was a situation where um, I think Farrakhan had came out with some comments and just, you know, talk, doing what Farrakhan does. If anybody, you know, Minister Louis Farrakhan, he's part of the uh, Farrakhan, he's part of the um, Nation of Islam. But he's been accused several times throughout his, his tenure of being a, a public speaker. Uh, you know, I don't know what, what they call him in the Nation of Islam. But yeah, one of the leaders, he's been accused of being uh, anti-Semitic several times over and over again. And then, and you know, when we get to stuff, and, and you know, they had the thing where he had his own like online channels, but they banned them all on social media. It's not you can't find like a personal account of anything like that about Minister Louis Farrakhan because I think highly pre- pretty much dealing with the whole thing of anti-Semitism. Uh, but you know, again, if you listen intently to some of the things he may have been saying, and and and. Listen with an, I guess, uh, saying that to be objective. Hatred. Right, you know, yeah, to listen objectively, there, there is an explanation given, but more to the point, I mean, are we uh, by saying that he can't say these things on the internet or even at all, is that the question is, are you robbing him of his First Amendment right? So I, I, I think now that we're getting back into this thing, it seems like definitely with the Trump administration, there's been a lot of uh, trying to, attempting to lock things down. There's been a lot of that going on within his tenure as president that I just call, I just say it's questionable, but overall in itself, trying to take people's freedom of speech away. Um, I can, I, the only argument I would have when it comes to something like that is as long as it's nothing where it can be, <clears throat> and you got to be careful, right? You, you have to be as a, as just as a, a citizen, someone who just takes responsibility for their own life. You have to be careful about the things you say because you don't know the message that it will send or how people perceive it. Right. But as long as it's something that's not along the lines of true terrorism, uh, you know, people talking about, you know, they're going to, uh, uh, you know, hate crimes about they go out there to try to eradicate the black race and, you know, all right. this stuff like that. Then I think people sharing their own opinions or even saying the N word. It's like at the end of the day, that's not a. It, yeah. And, and I mean, a lot of this, a of, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of this is coming back because of that. I mean, uh, because not, not because of the N word, but possibly because of the N word. <laughs> um, a lot of this come back because of, like the the conservatives, they the ones that really have been feeling like they haven't been having their message heard. And now that they the ones that feel like they are getting shut out and that they're getting their voices not heard because it's a, a friend a fringing on their First Amendment freedoms because whenever they're being racist and somebody shut them down, that's that's they're the ones that are the ones that are bringing this stuff back up. Like the dude, uh, Abject Pie, he he used to work for, he's chairman Abject Pie. He runs the FCC now. He's the one that, um, he used to work for Verizon. I mean, and Verizon and all these other companies, AT&T, Comcast, you know, uh, um, SBC, um, all, all the major uh, telecoms for the most part, they've been the ones that used to try to shut this stuff down. Um, and try to, you know, get rid of the whole net neutrality idea where um, what they've been really what they really focused on was the wiring itself, because, you know, everybody having access to the same type of speed online and having access to the same resources online. They wanted to be able to pay, make it so that they can cut deals where certain people have faster connections, that certain yeah. people have better <laughs> access to other people. And yeah. that was that was the part that was the problem. Um but like like you were talking about with the whole freedom of speech thing, like the reason that they shut that down, the whole uh, part about curbing pornography and uh, illicit materials posted online, like the reason that they kind of shut that down is because, yeah, that kind of goes with 
free speech like pornography is i mean every if if everybody has has sex like how are we all here yeah like 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 everybody has sex that's 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 something you can't get rid of like i think uh uh fucking whoever the playboy guy was uh harvey hefer hugh hefner you hefner yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he fought that back in the day when he was throwing that on putting them on magazines. Yeah, I mean, so I think that fight, that fight is already is done for real. Like you try to curb it. Yeah, I mean, they gonna bring up that old that old right. piece of law. Be like, <laughs> oh, old Hugh Hefner won't let this happen. I mean, like, um, when it comes to like, yeah, when it comes to things that are harmful to people and in, in general, like say child pornography, violence against people. Um, hate speech that incites violence against people, particularly when you're a public figure, those type of things can have a, 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 a issue. But like the internet itself is one of those things where you still supposed to have some type of freedom. I mean, whereas like, like when they, like they did shut um, Minister Louis Farrakhan off, uh, off uh, Facebook and I think Twitter, I don't know if Twitter, and, but maybe Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. If they cut them off Facebook, they cut them off Instagram. Oh well, yeah. Yeah, sure. um, yeah, yeah. If, if, but they like, they, they cut them off of there, but technically they can't cut them off the internet. Yeah. I mean, he can mm. have his own, um, he can have his own paid like company page or somebody create a dummy page. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they can create, they can create fan pages for him and he can have his own website and then they just share all his posts from his page, but they just like fan page. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like he can have his own website and do all his stuff on there. Um, it's not like he has to be on social media explicitly to get his message out. It's just one, one minor step for his followers to actually have to go to his site to actually do something. I mean, he got enough backing and enough people and enough connections to get that done without any problems for real. But like, to have him on Facebook, to to have him off of Facebook, you got to be able to start taking other people off too. Like if you're going to take if you're going to take Farrakhan off, you got to take other people off based on those type of rules. Because oh, facts. Yeah. If you're if, you're, <laughs> if Facebook is their platform, I mean, so they got company laws that sort of, you know, they don't go against state laws and federal laws, but they can have their own way about certain things when it comes to certain things. So, like. They can they can tell people to take if it was a house they can tell people to take their shoes off that's just something I do with people that I don't like I tell them if they come <laughs> to my house tell them to take their shoes off I mean but that's if if you take your shoes off at weird, my house man. that's that's something well, I was, yeah yeah I, I, well, I was once not that's taking shoes off and weird but you know you've never had to deal with that you know somebody come in with like open toe shoes or sandals and he's like take yeah. your shoes off it's like all right man I mean. Y'all deal with them either tracking dirt or tracking stink in your house. So I don't yeah, know, right, man. But right. I just went through that and it ain't ain't nothing. Ain't nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, man, I had to deal with that, man. I just had my uh over here had a little housewoman slash birthday party, and I know my woman was all like, you know, telling people to take the shoe. I mean, some people was having they had open toe and they feet wasn't yeah. even running all that. I mean, not that you know, I'm talking about the women, honestly. Yeah. It's not wasn't. I mean, I'm not. Is oh, what you tracking it, fungus it, it, all around hey, here. <laughs> you got athletes. You know what I mean? Get your, your toenail tips dirty, shorty. I, I, got, a, I got bleach the floors. Got <laughs> <laughs> the rug knocked up in here, man. Wow, but but yeah, I see your point though. That's what I said. Yeah, I see. <laughs> well, um, yeah. 
Oh, Lord, you had anything else, man? No. That's <laughs> why yeah, I, I took that somewhere else, man. I just, you brought up something that just, it brought back a bad memory. This one girl, I ain't gonna put out there, man. That's all I got, man. But, <laughs> but yeah, man, um, that's all we got for y'all today, man. This is a tech wrap up. Once you all remember, man, we're back in full, full effect. Like, comment, subscribe, wherever you can find us on the platforms. We definitely want a lot of the podcast, the platforms. Uh, we're getting a, a, a constant uh, stream of good downloads coming in. So come on and, and join the community. Uh, we, of course, we're going to be back. We're back in full effect. And we're going to be pushing out a lot more content. Still got some great ideas of other types of content we're going to be doing coming your way. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, Mike, does anything, you have anything to share about the show? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just stay tuned and, you know, find us on bohemia.media. The URL is that easy, bohemia.media, or you can just find us on your streaming shows, um, on your streaming channels, what is it, podcasts, Apple Apple podcasts, iTunes, whatever, whatever, all the all the things. I like, I don't know nothing about nothing about all this, but uh, yeah, <laughs> Spotify, Google Music, YouTube, Facebook, find <laughs> oh, us. Yeah, man, find us. Yeah, man. And make sure you put them alerts on or uh, whatever it is. Put the bell on, turn yeah, on notifications, you, all that. Subscribe yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, turn on notifications for sure. <laughs> all right. Well, that's uh this is the weekly tech wrap up map so 17. This is Mike Bennett, my co-host Mike Baker. We're signing out. Hope y'all have a blessed day. Peace. Peace.